Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding, Ken's Movie Reviews. A triumphant return, sort of, anyway. It's been a little while since we've given you an episode in this particular series for a variety of uh, obvious reasons. Uh, the theaters were closed for quite some time, and the only stuff that we could see that was new was online. Plus, there's been a lot of behind-the-scenes things that we've been working on that has taken our time away from this particular side of things. But I felt compelled. I felt motivated to come back, at least for one episode, with a review of the new Venom Let There Be Carnage. Now, for anybody that's been familiar with this particular review system, we will give a basic non-spoilery uh, thing at the front, whether I think this is something you should see in the theaters, whether you should wait for maybe a streaming service, whether you should uh, just completely ignore it. Uh, then we will get into the uh, more spoilery sections where we will break down the cast, the director, the costuming and props, the location, the cinematography, the plot and the writing. Everything will add up to a score up to 100 points. And, uh, you know, let's just kind of get on to it. Um, now, this is a sequel, obviously, to uh, the previous Venom film that we reviewed together between myself and Richard and did not give it what we would call a fantastic score. Uh, we had a variety of different issues with the previous film. Um, new director, uh, the potential for a sort of fresh beginning, but not completely fresh beginning. So going into this, my biases were, wow, uh, it's, it's got a good director. Maybe they'll make some changes that will make it better, but I was not encouraged by what, by what I had seen uh, thus far. So I had fairly low expectations, but some hope uh, going into it. After watching it, uh, the best description that I can give for this film is aggressively mediocre, which, believe it or not, is a drastic improvement over the previous film. Uh, so hats off to the crew. Is this something that I think you should go and see in the theaters? No. For a variety of reasons, uh, obviously theater capacity is down, um, but even if everything were normal, this is one I would say give a pass on the theaters. Um, see it on streaming? Yeah, I think it's worth a, a view on streaming. Just uh, There are some bright spots in the film, even if I didn't necessarily like all of it. it's It was okay. Um, so it, it can be entertaining at the very least. But let's get into the nitty-gritty. Now we're going to start with the director, which can have up to 20 points. Uh, the director of this film is Andy Serkis. I have a great deal of respect for this gentleman. Uh, I love his work as an actor. Uh, I mean, The Lord of the Rings would not have been the same without him. Uh, he's had some pretty good directorial stuff uh, in the past, so I had that. That was my that was my point. Like I said, of hope that I had for the film, and I do think that he changed the tone somewhat of the film and uh, made things better in the way that he put things together, at least insofar as as much control as he had over the product. Um, I, I think he always has a great rapport with uh, the actors from everything that I've seen, um, and I, I bet that came through, and especially for somebody that is used to working with CGI and being something behind something else, uh, dealing with the actors that have to do the same thing in this film uh, could lend some some particularly useful insights that I think probably helped uh, all in all. Um, so, uh, I like I said, I think he did a better job. I don't think this was a good product necessarily on its own. Um, so, 
we're just going to go with a 15 out of 20 on that. I, I don't think this was a failure failure on his part in any way, uh, but I don't really think it's a massive success either. Um, then we go into the cast, which can also have up to 20 points. Now, we do have returning uh, individuals coming back from the previous. Tom Hardy reprises his role as Eddie Brock, grown uh, not because it's Tom Hardy, but that they're calling it Eddie Brock. We'll get to that in the plot here in a minute. Uh, Woody Harrelson, who I absolutely love, coming on as Cletus Cassidy. Not the actor I would have chosen for this particular role. Um, but, you know, as always, I give Woody Harrelson a chance because sometimes he's awesome. Um, uh, Michelle Williams uh, reprising as, uh, as um, Anne Weying. Uh, I believe Reed Scott was in the previous film as well, uh, coming in as Dr. Dan Lewis. Um, uh, yeah, he reprised his role on that. Uh, so uh, Mrs. Chen, uh, Peggy Lou, uh, came back. So there's there's a lot of reprisals. We got Stephen Graham as Detective Mulligan. Um, so, I mean, a really, really solid cast. Naomi Harris, they brought in uh, for... Um, shriek um and she tends to do a pretty excellent job on about anything that she's involved in too so i mean as far as the talent goes it's not the um it's not the largest it's not like an avengers film or a, a knives out where everybody is just man that's that's a huge star but it's a solid core cast of actors um that generally do a pretty good job. I, I really think the only issue is the biggest issue is I don't think Tom Hardy is what I would see as Eddie Brock. And I definitely don't think Woody Harrelson is who I see as Cletus Cassidy. I just, because those castings are so far off the mark in my mind, it's hard to get past that uh, in terms of, watching the film so no matter how awesome they are because they're both excellent actors i just can't get past that so i've got to give it a score we'll go with a 13 out of 20 because again the cast is good it just misplaced in my mind um costuming and props uh this is a little more difficult because there's a lot of cgi in this film um so it's more about the the design the the venom suit design uh, just like I said on the previous uh, Venom film, it's, it's good. I mean, it's, there's not much you have to do with the Venom suit. There's not much to it uh, in terms of the physical design. They also didn't have to do much with Carnage. It's just red instead of black. Um, make it look kind of toothy. You know, there's, there's not much to it. The Shriek character was solid. Um, I think they're trying to do... Um, a, the Shriek character in the comics looks freaky in a, in a good way. Uh, and I think they wanted to pay homage to it without really going that far. Uh, and I think they did that just fine. Um, everything looked solid. I mean, the cops looked like cops. The people on the street looked like people on the street. Nothing jumped out at me as particularly wrong, which is great because it didn't pull me out of any of the scenes. But at the same time, I didn't see anything that just, man, that was awesome. That particular, that that gun or that suit or whatever. Nothing just jumped out at me as being fantastic. 
So for that, I'll give it because nothing drew off of the main thing, and they and they did some pretty decent design stuff. We'll go with an eight out of ten uh, on the costuming and props. Location. This is uh, as a reminder. This is talking about not necessarily where they filmed. It's talking about the locations that they go to within the story. So is there a great width and breadth of different scenes, or does it all take place in one or two different areas? And then how well do those resonate with me as a viewer? They they went several places. I mean, there's there's a little bit of traveling around. There's a lot of a lot of street work in this. So a lot of a lot of driving. Uh, but in terms of primary locations, you have the prison that Cletus Cassie is being held in. You've got the uh, prison that Francis is being held in, the group home that they were in previously, uh, Eddie Brock's apartment. Um, Eddie Brock's apartment, it's, it's an apartment. It's a rundown kind of eh apartment. At the same time, it's kind of meh, but it's supposed to be meh. So they did a good job. And of course, they they handled the uh, they handled the uh, the rundown nature of it pretty nicely. Uh, I like the the holes that uh, were put into the ceiling through a fight and having him try and just duct tape over them temporarily. Rather amusing. Um, the police station was it's a police station. Nothing to nothing to speak about. Now I will say this. In the scene where Cletus Cassidy breaks out of prison, uh, you get a great shot of the inside of the prison uh, from from a variety of different angles. Looks fantastic. That really was a bright spot of the film. That that location that they chose to put in there gave a scope, uh, a kind of um, a kind of size, a kind of grandeur that you don't get in any of the uh, any of the other scenes. I mean there's the church at the very end. It's a church. Uh <laughs> and they climb on the outside and it's just kind of eh it, it was okay. So uh, again, nothing just that was terrible, just nothing with the exception of the of the of the prison that really jumped out at me. I'll give that an 8 out of 10 as well. Uh, cinematography. I had major problems with the previous film in cinematography. I thought the lighting was not great. I thought everything was muddled because it was all CGI fighting CGI in black goo. It just didn't go well. They did much better in this film, uh, partly because, you know, you've got red goo fighting black goo. But not just that. The The way they approached lighting was, was much better in this film. Uh, the, the wide shots were pretty nice. I just feel like the the choice of camera angle, the choice of the way that the scenes melded into each other, the, the editing on that side of it was better. And then the CGI itself was just better implemented. Um, it was much clearer seeing what Venom was doing. And when, when Carnage was doing its thing, it just looked better. Um, so uh, kudos to the improvements that they made on that. Um, the special effects for Shriek's uh, sound capabilities done well. I mean, it's not the first time somebody's done kind of a sonic boom sort of an effect from a person, and they um, didn't need to reinvent the wheel and really didn't. Uh, and it just it just looks solid. Um, yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. I mean nothing that again nothing that really 
jumped out at me, the explosions that they had. They were explosions. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just nothing that was amazing, nothing that was horrible on that. So uh, I, whenever that happens, I give that a 15 out of 20 on cinematography. Um, it all in all did a good enough job and had some had some decent spots to it. It, it, it was solid. Um, and then we will approach the final, the, the thing that is the make or break for any film, uh, the plot and the writing. Now, this is where I had the biggest concerns on the previous film, and it's still where I have most of my concerns with this film. Um, so, as I've said before, this Eddie Brock, in my mind, is not Eddie Brock. And it's not just the Tom Hardy casting. Like I said, I think Tom Hardy's a great actor, maybe not my first choice. I think with a different approach, it just doesn't feel like the character from the comics, which, considering they completely divorced the character from its true origin in the first film to begin with makes sense. It's not the same Eddie Brock. So in a way that gives them freedom at the expense of me automatically disliking it from the start. So it feels like they have to make ground back up with, uh, with the true comic book fan, or I'm calling myself the true comic book fan. Maybe I should say a comic book fan. Um, so I, and I, they did a much better job with the banter between the symbiote and Eddie Brock. It was actually genuinely enjoyable in spots. Um, it was funny. Still not Venom. Uh, I don't remember ever really getting that kind of back and forth from the character in the comic books. It just didn't happen. Uh, at least not from the stuff that I watched. And, or watched uh, the stuff that I read. And I even picked back up. I got to admit, I I stopped reading the Venom stuff for a while, but I picked it back up with the King and Black storyline that just came back. I don't remember seeing that kind of back and forth between him and the symbiote in that either. So that's that's a more recent representation. Um, But it was okay. The the introduction of the Cletus Cassidy carnage character I think the concept was okay, but it is really, really tough to take Woody Harrelson serious in this role. And that's that's because uh, Woody is so likable. And this character is not supposed to be likable at all. I mean, you can he can maybe crack a joke, but ultimately you're supposed to be frightened of this guy. And I just did not get that. Uh, and that could have been performance, but I think it's also, I think it's also the writing of the character and they're trying to make him kind of the edgy sort of, and I won't say Deadpoolish, but there's just something that doesn't quite, it doesn't quite resonate as frightening. Um, I just don't think, I, I, I still don't know where to put it between the writing and the performance. I'm, I'm, I have to say it's probably the writing. Um, not, it just doesn't, doesn't hit right. So I'm never, never scared of this guy. And they're trying to create some sort of, uh, empathy for his situation more than they're trying to create the fear that he should be generating. I mean, this guy is a mass murderer that thrives on it, just loves it. And they never, it doesn't come across that way when they present it in the film. Just never quite gets there. 
Um, so that I think that was the biggest problem, taking the, the Eddie Brock character that's already kind of shaky and adding in a Carnage character that's not really Carnage. Um, the Shriek character didn't get a ton of screen time, but I thought was okay. Uh, it, it, uh, I think their interpretation of that character was pretty much fine. Some nice character growth with the uh, Scott, uh, sorry, with uh, Dr. Dan Lewis and uh, Anne Weying characters. A uh, little nice spot with the Mrs. Chen. But it's just, again, it just kind of, the plot is okay. The implementation is messy. The characters are wrong. Um, and somebody had told me, it's like, oh, well, the I've, I've watched this. The end credits are going to make up for everything. And so waiting for the after credits, I knew this was not going to be the case. I had no expectation, and I, I was not surprised. It's great that they're folding the character in to the MCU, or, or at the very least folding it into the current Spider-Man universe, because it should have been there to begin with. But that's that doesn't fix anything. He's still got the wrong origin. Unless they do some sort of freaky retconning, it's just it's just sad uh, and a little disappointing. So um, I never really got into the plot. It was all kind of rudimentary and basic, and I just never got going. So I'm going to give that an 11 out of 20. Uh, that brings us to a grand total of a 70. Uh, that's a solid C-, minus, which is, like I said, significantly better than the previous film, which we rated at a 50, or at least I rated at a 58. Uh, so definite improvement, but still not a great film. Um, but we would love to know what you think. Let us know if I'm way off base. If you love this film, uh, or if you say, yeah, I agree with you, or you are way too nice to this film. It's much worse than you said it was. Uh, we always love to hear what you say in our social media tracks. Just let us know. Uh, but until next time, keep watching those films. If nothing else, watch them on the uh, streaming services while we try and stay safe and huddle in our houses. And we will see you again soon.